Hey, 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 y'all. It's Cherie. I'm super excited to share episode four with you. As you know, I welcome my good friend, Ebony Hudson, as a special guest. And as expected, when girlfriends get together, we chatted much longer than expected. But I promise it's chock full of good stuff. So we hope you enjoy. What's up, my favorite people? (laughs) Welcome to episode four of Hashtags and Hangups. Your girl is super hyped today because joining me for this week's episode is my super dope friend and digital marketing extraordinaire, Miss Ebony Hudson. (laughs) Hey, Hud. Hi. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining me. I'm very excited to be here on the podcast. Yay. I'm so proud of you, Cherie, for for doing this. You've been talking about doing this for quite some time, and it is, like, really, like, popping, so. Aw, thanks, Very proud of you. Thank you, thank you. Okay, before we get to chatting, because I know we are going to just have a ball today, and I'm so excited, let me just give the listeners a bit more information about you, my good friend. Um, oh my gosh, and I can, me. <laughs> I can almost guarantee y'all, though, that Ebony is currently bright red because she just hates talking about herself. But I'm going to brag on my friend today, okay? Oh <laughs> um, Ebony and I have known each other for, what, maybe almost nine years now, I think. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Yeah, we actually yeah. work together. And because Ebony is just an amazingly strategic and holistic thinker, she's literally worked in almost every aspect of our business, from IT and training to her current role as director of digital marketing. But along her corporate journey, Ebony actually launched and successfully ran a fashion blog for almost six years. So after listening to my Hustle Hard episode a few weeks ago, she hit me and was like, yo, I need to be on the show so we can talk about this. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So I'm super, super excited to dive in. But before we do, Ebony, you and I, my friend, have not had a chance to talk about Little Fires Everywhere, okay? (laughs) I know. Oh my gosh. So good. I've been like, everybody, I'm like, have you finished it? Have you finished it? Have you finished it? Because man the ending well the entire show but in particular the last couple episodes struck a nerve with me and I just needed to talk to somebody about it right 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 okay but wait 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 before before we get too far in let's just for anyone who is listening who hasn't seen it yet we recommend fast forwarding past this part because we got to talk about it all and we're definitely going to probably give some spoiler alerts so feel free to fast forward and pick up when we get into the rest of the conversation but ebony first and foremost reese witherspoon needs an emmy for this um this oh my gosh <laughs> so good like it's definitely like there are those characters when you think back of like movies and shows where someone got so deep into their role and they have like a not so good, you know, character Absolutely. that you like end up hating them yes. in every role they ever play in for the yes. foreseeable future. Yes. She will always be Elena, whose last name. Oh is my God. Remember, I am not a fan. Not a fan. And I've known this about Reese Witherspoon. Like, I don't know if you've ever seen, I think the name of the movie is Freeway from when she was really, really young. I mean, she's just like an amazing actress. Mm-hmm. And she's kills all the roles that she ever plays in, but in this role, she is like the embodiment of just a lot of really, really um, 
I guess, emotional, like heart-wrenching um, dynamics that play mm-hmm. out in particular between um, white women and black women. Yeah. And um, I think that's why it like struck a nerve. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, because it's like, it is like, as a, as a young black woman, you, you know, it's like all the, it's all the emotions that you ever feel when you start to have those like tensions mm-hmm. um, and like watching them play out and watching her like lean so deeply into that role. So deeply. Oh, it was like, oh my gosh, yeah, like exactly. angry, like yelling and pointing at the TV screen. <laughs> no, seriously, because there was the part in the finale where she finally admits out loud what we've all known from the very beginning, which is she never wanted Izzy. From the oh, moment she oh. was pregnant, she didn't want her. But when she had the unmitigated gall oh, to say that in front of those children and to oh my actually fix her mouth, Ebony, I paused the television and had yes. a full out curse out session in my living room and I got loud. Like I cursed that lady up one side and down another to a point to where I'm sure my neighbors thought I was crazy, but I was so just dumbfounded that she actually said that to her child. Yeah, it was, it was insane. And so to some degree, like in the show, like Izzy had always been kind of the, I guess like redheaded stepchild. Um, to her mom Um, but then to see like how quickly like the walls fell down um, in her relationship with her other children too as they watched you know they've been watching the tension between the mom and Izzy like Elena and Izzy they've been watching that tension play out their entire childhood and the impact that that negative toxic relationship had even on their own relationship with the mom like how Lexi like kind of hid behind the tension between um, Izzy and Elena um, and that like kind of even like further drove like her desire to be like the opposite like to be perfect in every way Uh, it just like the whole thing just kind of crumbled it was so good it was so good and in all transparency I mean we of course have these super strong opinions but neither one of us are moms so while we can Right, have definitely been around children and have very close relationships with the children. I'm sure that there are probably parts of this Elena character that maybe a mom could relate to that you and I maybe not have, can't necessarily for, you know, or at least not from personal experience. So I don't want to negate everything that she was probably going through, but oh, for sure. But I just still, I can't imagine. Bert carrying a child for nine months, birthing yeah. a child, you know, and then still being so angry at the fact that I went through all of it. But then on top of all that, putting on this facade that she had everything together and that she yeah. was the perfect mom and she had the nerve to judge Mia for yeah. her parenting decisions. Yeah. Well, and I think that that's what makes the show so, so good. It's mm-hmm. like, it's utterly complex, right? And it's like, it forces you to, because the bottom line is Mia did some crappy stuff too. And it's kind of like, I know we were talking about this in our group chat, but like, it felt like the show tries to acknowledge that like, 
at periods of time in our lives as parents or our lives as whatever, whatever phase of life we're in, you're forced with making tough choices. And oftentimes we do get it wrong. We make mistakes, but there comes a point where you're making a choice um, to be like vindictive or malicious or, you know what I'm saying? And I felt like in the two characters, that was the the primary difference Mm -hmm. is that Mia's character admittedly made a lot of mistakes and she was wrestling with them and it was painful. And it was like, she was trying to live with them and um I guess like make up for them versus um Elena's character was was like all low-key blind like it was just like she was wrestling with the inner demons but she was like you said projecting that everything was okay mm-hmm. um or that everything was perfect and going according to plan Definitely. um and to watch that kind of play out it I guess that's it's I think the show's just so well done because it really like nobody in the show was a good person right (laughs) that is so true Ebony oh that's so true no none of them not they were all not great but you empathized with Mia a little bit more because she acknowledged her flaws versus Elena just walking around like she was just queen of perfection right um and that's what made it tough I also just, okay, let's talk about, like, the character, Izzy's character, because, first of all, I just think the actress, the young actress, I don't even know her name, I felt like she was, like, such, she was, like, a little breakout star to me. Yes. Um, I I don't know what other things she's been in, I probably should look it up, but she was so good in that role, and just, like, I felt like the character was written as this, like, insightful like wise teenager mm-hmm. yeah I just loved her character and to watch her ha- be able to like empathize with everyone like she had like she was like an empath you know mm-hmm. like she empathized with her mom she empathized with Pearl she even even though she like you know had significant conflict with her sister like that there were times when she was like you know trying to figure out like well what's going on with my sister like I don't know I just loved her character in the show she was great I wanted to just hug her um yeah I thought she was so wise beyond Mm -hmm. her years Mm -hmm. so self-aware and she so self-aware right and it's, it was almost like, but your mom is Elena. Like, how is that even possible? So the fact that she was I know. to be that self-aware and so wise and so empathetic growing up in a scenario where she knew she wasn't wanted. She felt that her entire life. Yeah. It was almost like that culminating moment where her mom finally said it kind of gave her the courage and the strength that she needed to just finally say, so what? I'm out of here. You know? Yeah. Um, I'm very curious to know if they're going to do a season two. I know. I would- so it's definitely, okay, so if the series is, or the show is based on a book, I, I haven't read the book. Um, I assume that the, sh- the, the end of the show ends at the end of the book. And so if they were to renew, it would just have to like take, I don't know this for sure. I'm just yeah saying what I think. Right. Um, that they'd have to like just write, you know, the continuation of the story from where it left off yeah um so I'm curious too because it's like they tied it up I feel like pretty well like they could just 
call it one season and done, but it they also left some cliffhangers there if they to give us enough to build on. So I'd be curious to know where did Izzy go? I'd be curious to know if Mia's gonna take um Pearl to meet her father. Oh yeah, there's I will say, Ebony, that generally speaking, when I'm watching movies and shows and things, I want there to be a nice bow at the end. That's mm-hmm. a general consensus, especially probably more so movies and not necessarily shows. Yeah. But um I am of the opinion for this particular one that I think I would be okay if they decided not to do a season two. Me too. Me too. I'm okay with just having my own thoughts on what happened next. Yeah, I agree. And I think it's like a nice, I like shows that, I like shows that are really complex like this, that, Mm -hmm. that make you really think about, you know, how nuanced life is. Mm -hmm. Um, And that, so I think that, it kind of I agree with you in that like I almost just want to like let it linger as like a conversation um starter you know um the themes that ran through that show like I encourage you after you watch it if you haven't watched it for those listening to after you watch it just go and um, read some of the articles about the show um the themes that run through that show as it relates to like you know race um feminism classism like the themes that run through the show are just very powerful um things to talk about Um, and it is it's themed packed and they did it in a way that wasn't I don't know that I walked away for all of the different themes that I could connect with from being black to being um you know a woman and mm-hmm. toying with the idea of feminism and growing mm-hmm. up with um siblings and having vastly different personalities I was able mm-hmm. to so many different levels and then also of course it was it was um set during a time of my adolescence so right the late what was that like 95 the 90s yeah so I'm like in like either middle school starting high school so it's it all I could relate on so many different levels but Mm -hmm. I never necessarily walked away feeling how do I want to describe this like um you know how certain movies elicit feelings and you're like I can't do it like I oh yes go there but that I didn't feel that way there yes yes it was yeah they told the story in a way that was enough to spark like an emotional reaction, but not to where I'm like, oh gosh, I can't even handle this. Like, I'm going to tell you a show that did that to me over time is This Is Us. Like, I love the show. It is so well done. Like, love it. But after, I think, I don't know what the last season was, what number it is, but like, by the time I got to the season, like, the show was such an emotional investment. Every time I sat down to watch it, that like it's like I would find myself saying like I cannot watch that this week because my spirit can't handle it like because I'd be sobbing yeah. <laughs> watching the show That's which is good it's a sign of a great show but it's like this show kind of stroke a nice balance of like I was I got into it but it wasn't to your point it wasn't to the point where I was like it's stressing me out to watch it right exactly exactly yeah it was just well done I, I and it just came for me. I mean, I felt like I had been seeing them promote the show for quite some time, but it just, I didn't really pay attention. Right. So 
when I started watching it, I had no expectations. It was like quarantine life. I'm just like, we're banging out series. Like, okay, we're going to watch this. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, it was good. The other thing, and, um, and I know we have to switch topics, but the other theme that came across in the show that I thought was so good, and I'm surprised I haven't seen more articles and maybe I just haven't looked, um, is the theme of uh, homosexuality and um, at, with Izzy when I totally forgot this until it came up on the show and then I actually watched um, if you ever watch Ellen on um, what is it called my next guesses with David Letterman I think it's on HBO maybe or maybe it's Netflix mm -hmm. but you know I think that like now for us like homosexuality has become so a much a part of our lives and and I don't want to definitely don't want to like downplay the struggle by saying it's been normalized but to think that just like not that long ago I guess 15 years ago it was so like I, Ellen talks about when she um, came out this is on the Letterman on the David Letterman Ellen talks about how when she came out she lost her show like I don't think people remember oh, because Ellen is so uh, beloved now but she was like the biggest up-and-coming female comedian and then she came out and she lost her show she couldn't find work right. and um there was that scene in little fires where they put the ellen poster in izzy's locker and she was like completely ostracized at school and this was i guess mid 90s and you fast forward to today i mean not to say that there is not still significant um you know discrimination and, and and people are definitely ostracized but it's not to the degree that it was back then right um and i just thought that was like such a gentle nod to that community and that struggle um and it, it the show i just felt like it just hit on like so many things and so if you're thinking about like continuing the conversation if they were to continue it there's like so many things that it could like so many directions that it could expand upon so many different ones and that reminds me so speaking of izzy and her connection with her friend and how she went through um the friend basically they, i mean ebony the poor child in the final episode said she and her ex ex best friend were together for a year and yeah got into high school or right before they started high school and she completely pulled everything away from her so mm -hmm. that dynamic alone i mean i'll be honest as an adult i've had situations where you know maybe a, a relationship starts out as friends and then it turns into something a little bit more mm -hmm. and all of a sudden we find out you know what this isn't this isn't where we need to go and so we decide as adults it's not working but maybe he decides we can't even be friends anymore and it's mm -hmm. like i can't imagine trying to navigate that at 15. yeah so that was just really really wild yeah trying to navigate the loss of a friendship mm -hmm. while also trying to like battle all these insanely crazy hormones right uh, that any teenager has yes and then you know starting school with no friends uh because you were ostracized because of your sexuality at that young of an age yeah. um during a time when like i said like definitely not 
we're not at a place of total acceptance now, but 15 years ago, my goodness, I can't imagine. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. And then, um, I watched one episode with Nicole and she and I were talking about how the friend was going out of her way to be mean. Yes. Like, what is that about? Like, you can't even, it's one thing. Listen, dear, I I would mention his name, but there's this one guy that I dated who (laughs) lived in New York. And I just, like, I I almost said it, but I'm like, let me not go there. But I, like, want to almost, I wish he would try to be mean. Like, listen, we decided it wasn't going to work, but we don't have to be mean. (laughs) So, again, I just, poor Izzy, if if I ever see the actress on the street, I would probably (laughs) and just say, I just felt like you needed that. to look up look her up because I want to see what other things she's uh in and shout out to the actress who played who plays Pearl yeah um she's a, a Disney person so I I don't have kids so I'm not up on on Disney but apparently it's she's she, she comes from Disney oh, <laughs> so, oh, look at that. so yeah I was like and oh my gosh shout out to what's the actress's name who played young Mia baby Carrie Washington as far as oh my gosh she like (laughs) totally embodied like Carrie Washington like all her mannerisms like the 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 lip quiver like (laughs) she was (laughs) in the group chat saying but wait so somehow they found a way to put Carrie Washington and (laughs) make her look younger and a little different because that was her it yes. Name. Yes, that was impeccable. Shout out to what is her name? Please. I don't know what her name is, but she was so damn good. And if you go on, I think it's on Carrie Washington's Instagram. It might be on Netflix's Instagram. No, this is a Hulu show, so that would not be right. So it must be Carrie Washington's Instagram. Um, she did a fireside chat um, on IGTV, I think, with um, Reese Witherspoon and then the actress that played the young. Elena and then the actress who played the young Mia and I don't know either one of their names but oh my goodness like she talks about how she like totally like became the Carrie Washington in Mia's body like and it was like the perfect description of how I felt watching it like absolutely she she owned that role it was so good she was amazing her name is Tiffany Boone just looks her up so Dear Tiffany, whatever whatever you're doing next, I'm watching it because yes, she was, was so good. In, in the whole cast, it was just yeah. for me. It was a great, great show. It was so good, and I feel like I also want to at least verbally acknowledge how good Carrie Washington played. Oh yes, or how, or how well excuse me she played the role. But I guess for me, it's almost like saying Denzel Washington did a great job in that movie. Yeah. It's like we ex- we kind of didn't expect her not to do an amazing job. Yeah. So and and I also felt like if not, I don't want to downplay like she's amazing. I, and I don't want to say she's done that exact role before, but it's a character like that I've seen before from her. So yeah. that that's why um yeah, it was just like Carrie being Carrie, like not in a bad way. Like we, it's just, she's just good. So it's like, she was just good as we would expect her to be. Um, but that damn Reese, but she's also, I mean, if I think back on the roles, so she is basically like the Elena role is, I feel like pretty close to the role that she plays in, um, 
the role that she plays in Big Little Lies. But just, just, I think the the actual storyline here um, combined with her, with, with just this, this like, I'm so good intention. I don't have a, I don't see color. I don't have a bad bone in my body. I'm always just trying to help people. (laughs) Yeah, but like she like leaned into it like on a whole other level um in this particular storyline yes um and it made her character made me want to punch her in the face (laughs) (laughs) right but it was very very good it was it was so good for all of you who are listening if you have watched little fires everywhere please hit me up on hashtags and, and hangups on Facebook or Instagram. Tell me what you think about the show. Tell me what you loved about it, what you didn't. Cause essentially that's our hashtag for the week, right? Hashtag little fires. And I need to know yeah. how everyone yeah. else is, is feeling about <laughs> it because yeah, that was, that was great. Mm-hmm. Um, but okay. So you ended in a really good spot with that conversation. But what that made me think of is how we have to be aware of what we're doing. And it takes me back to the idea of self-awareness mm-hmm. um, we talked about last week in episode three and just how we have to sometimes take a look in, our, in the mirror and figure out, you know what, what are some of my shortcomings? And are there some that I feel like I can put in the work and um, yeah. over? Or are there some that, you know what, I know I had this tendency to do X, and I'm just trying to manage it and not do it as often because mm-hmm. I think that combined with this time of life where, or excuse me, not even necessarily life, but this time in history where entrepreneurship and side hustles are all the rage. Um, you have to know, are you really built for it? Mm-hmm. And so yeah. you, I know we were chatting previously and you talked about how you decided to do a blog and you were blogging for six years, but you don't do that blog anymore. So I wanted to talk to you yeah. a little bit more about what that life was about or what that life for you was like. And then ultimately what made you decide, you know what, I don't want to do this right now or any. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, I mean, you kind of hit the nail on the head as, as in terms of just being self-aware, um, not only with like your own, I think it, the, the limitations uh, when I think about self-awareness go beyond even just like how you feel and, and it stretches into like, you know, your resources and your, like what you can realistically um, achieve and I'm going to say, I'm going to caveat that by saying you can realistically achieve whatever you want, but everything costs something. So yeah. the question that you have to ask yourself when you're talking about, you know, being self-aware is acknowledging your limitations, um, both mentally, emotionally, but also, you know, external resources, cash, um, time, like things like that. Mm-hmm. And, and ask yourself the tough question, okay, what am I willing to give up? to get this thing that, that I'm chasing. Mm -hmm. Um, and you might at some point look at yourself and say, I'm actually not willing to give up anything for that. And that's what happened with me and my blog. Um, when I started my blog, 
it was a hobby. This was before people were, this was definitely before our bloggers were called influencers. Right. <laughs> and um, it was before people were being paid thousands of dollars to write. It was really just an outlet for me. Um, I loved fashion. I've always been super, super intrigued by, you know, the internet. It's crazy to think how much the internet has changed since then. Um, how much more um, of a part of our lives it is now than it was even then. It's like, it's just insane to even think about it. Um, at the time, there was no Instagram, like, you know what I'm saying? Like Instagram literally started after I started my blog, my blog. Like, ah, Ebony. <laughs> yeah, like I, like I remember when Instagram became a thing and like all the bloggers started to migrate there from Twitter. Mm -hmm. So anyway, um, I think that, you know, like I said, I started it as a, as a hobby mm -hmm. and I had zero goals for it, but it started to grow organically on its own. And um, over time, I began to get opportunities, sponsorships, um, not only um, in the form of clothing, but like paid sponsorships where I was being paid to write posts. And that evolved even into me. Um, I did, I started to do, this is kind of where I like picked up actually all my digital marketing knowledge that I have now that I use for my full-time job. <laughs> but um, I started, I was doing my own personal blog. Um, and then I also started to write for other like corporate blogs. So, um, oh, I I, yeah, so I just, I got referrals through some other, um, bloggers in the blogging community. Shout out to Danielle from style and beauty doc. <laughs> um, mostly like she was like my mentor <laughs> in the blogging space. And, um, so I started to write for style blazer um, and then I also was doing community management for Chevy in, in, uh, in Atlanta. I lived in Georgia, in Atlanta at the time. And so there's like the Chevy dealers in the metro Atlanta area. So I started doing community management for them. So I was managing their Facebook okay. and their Twitter and like doing like local events and things like that for them. Mm -hmm. The point is, it's this thing that started out as a hobby grew into a bona fide side hustle over the matter of like those you know for or the first like kind of four to five years mm -hmm. and at the whole time I was still working um my full-time job yeah. and it went from this thing that I was doing on my own free time to like this thing that required nurture and care and time and an emotional investment that I always tell people that I was working like my day job and then I would get off let's say I sign off and you know this about me Sheree my day job is not a, a nine to five right. my day job is more like a when I wake up until eight nine mm -hmm. whatever time the work is done type of thing so I would get off you know, eight or nine, sometimes 10 o'clock at night, eat dinner. And then I would sign up, <laughs> sign on for my second job, which was all the content creation for the blog. And I would most nights be working until two, you know, three in the morning. And then on my, I would spend my weekends doing like, 
was a fashion blog. So I'd spend my weekends trying to go out and do photo shoots. So meeting up with a photographer somewhere in Atlanta to take, you know, photos of outfits. Um, and then um, it just, and, and, you know, I was telling you, like, it became so much, not that it wasn't fun, mm -hmm. but it became so much of like um, a burden uh, mm -hmm. for me to maintain it, um, especially working alongside a full-time job. Right. And I was making money from it, but not enough money to, to um, replace my full-time income. Mm -hmm. So I had reached this critical point with my side hustle, and I'm using you know air quotes when I say that, mm -hmm. where I had to make a choice. Yep. Um, I, I had to, because this was like, you know, I'm not sleeping. I'm not really enjoying this anymore. I'm schlepping like these outfits around um, to try to take pictures. By the way, I worked from home at this time. So I'm not going into the office every day. So I'm getting dressed, you know, just to take pictures. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I, I would go out to, to try to enjoy time with family and friends, go out to brunch, go out to dinner. I'm not, you know, paying attention to what's happening at the table because I'm taking pictures of everything because I'm like in content creation mode 24-7, mm -hmm. basically. Like if I'm not working, I'm doing something related to my blog. It just consumed every aspect of my life. Right. And, um, you know, that's, if you think about it, especially like in the, in the blogging space in particular, those are the blogs that you loved. Yeah. You love the ones that where the person is lets you in. Um, you feel like you're their friends. So you see their Christmas photos. You see their vacation photos. You see like, you know, it's, but that's work. Like, it's not easy. And I think that social media has created this perception that these side hustles or this like influencer life is just this easy, you know, you know, um, I guess like lavish life um but it's like no these these content creators they work their asses off they live and breathe content creation especially if the time they successful right hmm? i said especially if they want to be successful yeah from the time they wake up in the morning to the time they go to sleep you can bet that they're they're creating content either it's in their head, it's in their notebook, or they're actually like in the process of developing a piece of content. And for me, personally, it just became um, too much. Um, not that I'm afraid to roll up my sleeves and do the work to get things done, because I'm a workhorse. Mm -hmm. I, I, can, I, I can put in the hours um, for anything that I'm passionate about. But what when it starts to become more of a burden and it's not a source of joy anymore, you have to ask yourself, what am I chasing? Yes. Like, what, what is it that I'm doing this for? Um, and when you can't find that anymore, it's time to go. And I think, you know, the other thing that you have to acknowledge is, you know, the resources that you need. I think that, like I said, the internet makes things look easier than they are. Absolutely. Um, so, you know, I just, I had to have grace with myself 
-hmm. And I think that it's important, especially in a time such as this, where, yeah, you may find that you have more free time on your hands um, than usual, but you have to have grace with yourself um, as you're thinking about what you're actually um, capable of doing for a long period of time. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. um, and it's okay to look at yourself and say, I can't do this anymore, or this is not the right time for X, Y, and Z reasons. Um, you shouldn't succumb to any pressure from society. Oh, that part. That's telling you that, you know, if you don't do this, then you're lazy. Or if you don't do this, then you're not committed to your dreams. Right. Because the bottom line is I work for a fashion company and I now oversee digital marketing for that fashion company. So I'm doing all of the things. I'm getting all of the fulfillment that I Isn't was. Isn't that something? You're right? a circle. You heard? I didn't even yeah. that. Look at that. Yes. Right, so I sacrificed, <laughs> I sacrificed my blog, but which was my creative outlet, my, you know, that allowed me to express my love for fashion and my love for all things like techie and all that. But I'm getting that. I'm being 100% fulfilled um, in those same areas. But I'm also able to meet my, my financial needs, um, my need to have insurance, my need to have, you know, to support really? my family. Um, so there's no one way. And, and entrepreneurship is, is great, but it's not necessarily for everyone. You have to kind of acknowledge your own needs, your own resource constraints, mm -hmm. it, it, but you can still find a lane that allows you to kind of get what you, you know, to be fulfilled. Right. Um, and had I continued to try to make the blog work, I likely would not be where I am now in my professional career because I would not have been able to, you know, everything costs something. So my focus um, and my, my ability to, to breathe into my professional career would have been diminished because if I was splitting um, my energy, you know, with the blog in the way that I was. Right. At that time. Well, so, this. well, so, cause I'm sure someone who's listening, there's probably at least one person who's saying, but if you're going to work that hard, um, in your professional career for someone else, why not use that same energy to build your own brand and be able to do your own thing? What do you say to the person who's like, yeah, but Ebony, if you're a workhorse and you're doing all these things, why not just do it for yourself? I think that's like that whole self-awareness thing that you said at the beginning is like, I had to have a conversation with myself. Mm -hmm. Is that what I really wanted? Right. What, what was my end goal? Was my end goal to be a, a business owner or an entrepreneur? Or was my end goal to be able to spend my days working, doing something that I loved? Um, while also needing to fulfill, you know, certain life needs, <laughs> um, namely a salary. <laughs> right. I, That's real. I am a caretaker for, for my family. Um, so I, you know, that was, so at the end of the day, if being, you know, there are, there is a certain person out there, um, 
who who needs like the autonomy of entrepreneurship you know of owning their own business and and I respect that but when I you know being self-aware that's not that important to me right so for me what's more important and I I've you know my mom is a serial entrepreneur Mm -hmm. um and she and I have this conversation all the time and I I'm very aware of for me and you've heard me say this before security is like paramount like Mm -hmm. I like I like having a paycheck every two weeks. Mm -hmm. I like having like insurance that I know I'm going to have. Like, I just like the security of being an employee. And I know that may sound stupid to some, some people because they'll say, well, that's not, that's not really secure. You could lose your job Mm -hmm. any day. And I guess that's true, but a business businesses fail every day too. And then you don't like, you know, so I just, I think you have to be aware of what's important to you and you have to be aware of the level of risk that you're willing to accept in your day-to-day life. And for me, the security of um, a traditional job is important. Mm-hmm. Um, and as, as long as I'm able to be fulfilled with the role that I have, I'm doing work that I love, I'm doing work that I can be proud of, I'm doing work that I enjoy, Um, I like going into the office every day. I like the people that I work with. Like, you know, I'm being fulfilled in my job. I don't feel like I'm losing anything. Right. But that's me. It's, you know, what, what's for me may be different, you know, from what's for you. Um, there is, there are people out there who, you know, they, they want and crave, um, something that they can call their own. And they want to pour their life's energy into that. And I respect that. I respect um, that. But I hope, pause for two seconds. There are people, but again, <laughs> it goes back to this being self-aware thing. There are some people that can want that and they can pour all they want. <laughs> <laughs> but Ebony, some people just aren't made for that life. And I think it starts with, and I guess I'll, I will say that with the caveat that once you've determined who you really are and you have become extremely self-aware of you and your resources and your Mm -hmm. like all of that and you've done the work to figure Mm -hmm. out I don't necessarily mean it doesn't mean that you can't become the things that are needed to be, be an entrepreneur but I think some people just think that sounds good yeah, or they think it's easier than it is. Right. And like I said, the internet has not helped with that because any and everybody can start a website on Wix, start an Instagram channel. Like, you know, it's pretty, it's easy to get started yeah. um, these days. But to your point, do you have the wherewithal and the resources to really make it become what it needs to be to be sustainable in the long term? Right. And, and the desire too, because mm-hmm. I will argue that I definitely have the wherewithal, mm-hmm. um, but I didn't want it bad enough. Yeah. And that's like you said, it's that self-awareness is I, I looked at myself and I was like, Ebony, <laughs> girl, <laughs> I like, I didn't want it that bad enough. Um, so, but I did want the fulfillment that came from from it and so I found another way to get that Mm -hmm. I guess and that I guess that would be my you know advice to people who are sitting with their thoughts right now and it's like you know 
feeling like there there's like a lack of control um, mm-hmm. that we're all feeling right. and um, you know there's all this this all these we're being like bombarded with messaging about what we should be doing with this time mm-hmm. um, and it's just you know I say number one give yourself grace because Definitely. this is a very emotional time for everyone like I think I've read things and you've read things that like compare it to grief. Yes. Like even if you haven't like lost someone to COVID or even if you still have your job, like even if you're not suffering to the degree that many people are suffering, there's still like a feeling of like loss Yeah. that we're all dealing with right now. Um, like I think I mentioned this to you is that I like, again, I'm a work, I work long hours. I'm used to working long hours. And I can put in, I can put in the work. Yeah. I, over the last few weeks, I like every day I hit a wall where I like literally cannot do anything else. Like my brain is like fried. I can't, I don't, and and it's, it's definitely emotional. It's like, Mm -hmm. I'm pushing through and I'm blessed and I'm grateful to be working but I haven't had a time, I haven't had a moment because I am working to like emotionally process what's going on. And it manifests itself as like a hard wall every yeah. day of like, you got to go sit down, you got to go rest your mind. Yeah. Um, That's real. And so if you are, I can't like, if you're um, sitting at home and you're feeling like, oh, like I have all this time, I should be doing this. No, maybe what you should be doing if, if all you can manage to do is to just maintain like, you know, happiness and mental well-being, then focus on that. That's okay. You don't have to feel pressured to go start a new business or a side hustle or like, you know, this is an emotional time for all of us. Yes. Um, Like, I think that we're human, like, right? Like, even if you're, you personally haven't, been um had some lost someone like we are we are reading the news every day and there's like widespread death like that's a lot for the brain like for our hearts to deal with um so maybe i you know maybe it's not maybe you don't have the emotional bandwidth to to invest in starting a a side hustle right now yeah and and you mentioned it previously, but just giving yourself grace. And I'll just add to that. One of my favorite things, especially when I start to get overwhelmed about where I am in life, because, okay, mid thirties now, I'm not married. I don't have kids. I'm not exactly where I want to be. And then I start looking around and what my friends are doing or what other people in my age mm-hmm. are doing. And I start to compare. And so I have to remind myself that comparison is the thief of joy and I mm-hmm. have to stop. And so especially during this time, I think it's important that we extend that grace to ourselves mm-hmm. and remind ourselves that I just, if, if again, to your point, if all I can do today is get up and get dressed, yeah, take a shower or call and check on a friend. If that's all I can manage to do today, that's okay. Because, it is okay. Yeah, because it really, it, I mean, this is a life-changing event that's happening. And it's not yeah. just us. It's the entire world is feeling it. Yeah. 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 And mind you, like, on top of it, like, our generation, Cherie, like, let's just be honest, we are spoiled. 
Yes. We have not experienced tragedy and like real, for real, for real, like anything on at this, on this scale in our lifetimes. That's true. Like we have definitely dealt with, you know, a series of events, but in my 38 years, there has never been anything this catastrophic that has happened. Um, that has been felt on a global scale. I think the closest would be 9-11. But I would say as someone who has always lived in California, as tragic as that was, it's felt removed because it was all the way on the other side of the country. And I mourned, I cried, Mm -hmm. I had nightmares, um, but it wasn't in my backyard. Yeah. Um, I think that our generation has never experienced anything like this. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, you know, when I think about the course of history and the things that our parents have experienced and their parents before them, wars and like civil rights movements and like assassinations of a, of a, of a beloved president, like we haven't experienced things like this. Yeah. It's real. So it's a huge period of adjustment. And I think one of the things I want to say specifically about how I'm using this time, because I never want to, I never want to be the person that posted the meme that said, so what are you doing with your, with your time? So you just lack discipline because you have all this time. So um, I, I never want anyone to look at me and say, yeah, but Sheree, you're excited because you just started this podcast. And you know what, in all honesty, the podcast started because I just said, why not? I, I mean, in, in my area of which I work, um, in corporate events, it's changed a lot. So I have a little extra time. And then also on the weekends, I can't go anywhere, but more than anything for me, it's an escape mechanism and it gives me a platform to just have conversations. So taking what I was doing anyway, and now I, I'm putting it out and I'm expanding my conversations to include additional people that maybe I wouldn't have previously. And so mm-hmm. it's not, um, my, my main point and even saying that is, again, comparison is the thief of joy. So yeah. don't, if, if you, again, can't do anything, it's okay, survive it, get to the other side of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think again about, what a, a friend of mine said when I talked to her a week or so ago, she just wants to be a better person than she was when she went into it. Whatever mm-hmm. that means, it doesn't, it could be that, you know what, she has dealt with a, an issue that she was having and she resolved the problem with a good friend, like whatever mm-hmm. that is, I think that's enough. And we can define that however we see fit, but We've got to, A, stop judging people for what they are and are not doing mm-hmm. and just focus on ourselves. Mind yeah. your business, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and just, you know, give yourself grace and give other people grace. Like, yeah. now's not a time to be judgy. I mean, we should never be judgy, but like, you know what I'm saying? Just like, love on people, encourage them. Um you know, I mean, I think we all get on Instagram and like the memes are funny. Mm -hmm. Um, but 
like kind of a self-righteousness mm -hmm. that I see sometimes um just it's just not needed at right. this point exactly. like we are all I mean I think at this point it's just becoming like the the theme of coronavirus but like literally like we're all in this together like we literally are not going to get through it without supporting one another Definitely. loving one another and um really really um thinking through how we can use our own limited um resources to um put support systems in, in place to help us get to the other side i guess yeah um and sometimes it's just emotional support um a, a conversation with a friend a text message or an inspiring you know use your platform to like post something that's like inspiring or that just offers love yeah. um instead of criticism or critique or you know something that's going to make someone feel bad um at a time that's already pretty crappy <laughs> i hear that so true so yeah ebony i we're gonna um go ahead and and wrap this up but i just want to say thank you so so much for joining me um, it only made sense that ebony would be the first person to, to join me so thank you so so much Any for um, friends thank you all for listening i hope you guys just really enjoyed um the conversation that ebony and i were having we want to keep having it um i'm i'm definitely gonna make sure she comes back um, and I can't wait to see what else we'll talk about. But please, if there's anything um, more that you want to add to the, the topic of hustling and self-awareness and just giving yourself grace during this time, please reach out to me um, on Facebook or Instagram at hashtags and hangups. And I would love to just keep this conversation going. But until then, I hope everyone has just an amazing week um what are we this is like week six or seven of quarantine so may this yeah. one be better than the last <laughs> i mean we're going till may 15th at least in la so yeah so listen we're just really getting started over here <laughs> <laughs> all right i love you guys for listening and um i will talk to you guys next week thanks again all right, all right. bye, bye girl <laughs>